Hey everyone. In today's episode, we're joined by David Shing, aka Shingy, who serves as the digital prophet at Oath. Prior to sitting down with us, he spoke to our agency, Patience and Purpose, about radiant thinking and exploring other ways to expand the process of creativity. Listen in on our conversation. Today we are joined with David Shing, aka Shingy. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so Shingy just spoke to our agency and taught us about radiant thinking, uh, also known as mind mapping. Can you tell us what you spoke to the agency about? Yeah, for sure. And firstly, thanks for having me. Uh, I think it's interesting to be able to talk about creativity from a way that's, you know, it's really about visual and the culture being visual and visual, which is what we have today. I mean, a verbal and a visual world, writing and vision. It's interesting because the, the new new is sound, isn't it? But it's actually an old old. But the thing that's interesting for me from a visual culture is that things like radiant thinking and mind mapping allow you to articulate ideas in a way that's remembered and actually do the ideas in a way that also facilitate fast action. If you think about the culture of where we are as humans, we've moved out of sort of long form and we moved into a, you know, a too long didn't read, a skimming culture as it were. However, I will counter that and say that if I really do like a subject or, a, or if I speak to young adults that like subjects, they will go, they'll go deep into those subjects at, at the same time. So it's not for a lack of time, it's for a lack of attention. And we only provide attention to certain things that we find that resonate. But that has nothing to do with the radiant thinking. The radiant thinking for me is about how do you conceptualise ideas quickly in a visual way that allow you to remember them but also share those ideas. It also allows you to capture ideas in a way that allows you to uh, facilitate a story without all of the long-form words. There's nothing... I, I do a lot of presentations and I see a lot of presentations and I, I hate presentations. It's a harsh word, I know, so forgive me, but I do. I do hate seeing presentations of novels where people put up more words than they really know how to deal with and then they stand there and they persist on reading out the entire topic where... I think what happens is that if you're able to actually hold somebody's attention for, say, five seconds, which is about the attention you have right now to be able to hold somebody's attention, is there a better way to do that? Is there a better visual way of doing that? And if you are, you see that we heard a noise just now because that's, that's lack of attention all of a sudden. Now we're distracted by it. But I quite like that because at the end of the day, if you're able to hold somebody's attention and, and articulate an idea, the visual culture, and I think of mind mapping, allows you just to say, use a vernacular we're used to, keyword-driven world, and lock those ideas in a way that says, you can talk around this, you just need the idea of the word. So for me, uh, that really helps sort of champion the idea of saying how to take singular ideas and put them in a way that sort of feels like it's relatable. Hence the reason it relates to nature. How do we make these ideas come to life? You can go from idea to production very quickly today with very few prototyping. Indiegogo, Kickstarters of this world, although here in America we also have things like, you know, we have certain boundaries that don't allow you to do that. But you can come up with a polished idea and say this is going to be a, an award-winning category. Billions of people are going to use this because it looks and feels like it's articulated and finished. And guess what? It fails. I mean, wearables is a really good category, right? We think it's incredible that people can actually have the quanti quantified self. Really? How many people really care about the quantified self in reality? 
They're, like, they're just celebrating 10,000 steps a day. And God knows their friends don't want to see that in their social platforms because there's nothing new on the social platforms now anyway. So I think the challenge is the idea of saying some of these new categories are better, but will they be adopted? I don't know. Because the challenge for most humans is to adopt a new habit, you have to be prepared to break one. And most of us aren't prepared to break that habit unless it's really, really, really game-changing. And counting my steps is not game-changing. However, the, you know, the Series 3 version of the iWatch, the technology is absolutely remarkable, not because you can disconnect from the phone and it's untethered, but because the sensors in them now are so much more powerful. So they're able to sort of probably find things like um, murmurs in my heart rate so it could indicate things that I'm not well. Now, to catch that early, that's a great use of technology in the health category. To not, then it could be faddish, you know? During our presentation, it was mentioned you travel 300 days a year? Yeah, 279 last year and 325 in 617. So you're probably one of the busiest guys on the planet. Uh, a little bit. Uh, how do you max out your productivity? How do I max it out? Mm -hmm. It's pretty much maxed out for me now. Uh, there are two things that I don't do. I don't have a television, so I'm not distracted by that. I'm rarely, I practice what I preach also, which is, you know, I believe that defriend unfollow was going to be a trend. I quote, I was quoted doing that in the press, I think in 2007-ish. And then I think it reoccurred in 2012 and people thought I was batshit crazy. Uh -huh. Not now. <laughs> but it's amazing, you know, things take time, man. So I practice what I preach. You know, if a platform I believe isn't very good, then I'm not on it. So you won't find me on every platform publishing the same crap on all those platforms. You know, I'm much more thoughtful. So the only platform I'm really spending any time in is Instagram. And why is that? Because I'm an old photographer. So I have a point of view about the way I shoot. And I shoot on an old iPhone purposely. And for me, it's a challenge. You know, for me, it's like restriction in a creative brief. So how do I max it out? I make sure that I, I'm very efficient with my time. You have to be as a traveler. You have to become a very, very efficient traveler, which I am. I have a bag that will do 5 million miles, no problem. So I know how many miles my bag will do. That bag is in the repair shop at Ramoa probably 10 times a year, and I'll give them 48 hours to fix it typically, and I'll have a backup bag to go. I mean, it's very – when you're efficient and you're, and you're maxed out, you kind of have rhythms, and you also need routines for that rhythm to happen because you, when you have a frequency, that allows you to not have to deal with another, another variable, so then you are able to be more effective because it's, it's very challenging, man. It's very challenging to stay healthy mind, body, and soul. I used to travel with a guitar. The challenge with that, and then, you know, I'd go and do these conferences with, you know, 8,000 people or something, and then at night I'd go to, a, go to a corner bar where there's 50 people and play. And that would be more nerve-wracking than the, the big presentations because it's, it's hard on your sleeve. The challenge is I just don't, uh, one, I can't, I don't have time to book those gigs. And secondly, I'm not in a place long enough to sort of promote it. But anyway, I'm a songwriter, so I, I really do love that as my my uh, as my downtime the flip side of that is it's all analog so i play acoustic guitars and play the drums and it's not it's no sampling no sequence although i'm a technologist so this is sort of a double part question in light of current events that are happening as of today and also you speaking about traveling all around the world you know obviously social platforms are bringing people together making the world smaller are there sort of things you've noticed about people and what they want and what they yearn for as far as staying connected and how do you think this may change based on decisions being talked about yeah i mean it's a great it's a great question the decisions that are being talked about today in this current climate have no bearing i believe on consumer behavior it's not the consumers that make the decisions it's the advertisers the advertisers are the ones that pay rent 
the advertiser is too lazy, I believe, to pull out of these platforms and say, we want something different. Although I do have faith when I speak to, when you hear people like Mark Pritchard and Keith Reed, so when you see PNG and Unilever talk about wanting to have a relationship with the consumer again, look, at the end of the day, man, we've outsourced these relationships, and I think shame on us. They've built these billion-dollar brands and they've outsourced it to a third party. So, you know, I'm known to be quite cynical around that. These social platforms are designed to try and make us connect, but are they really connecting us? Go out to a restaurant sometime and just observe the behaviour of humans today. It's not a very healthy behaviour when you're going out to have a, a meal with somebody. They're sitting there and the entire time it feels like, wow, you're not even present. So the arts of the connection today is, I believe, kind of outsourced. So we're living this time, we're spending all of our energy observing other type of characteristics of connection than really connecting. So the few who succeed are the ones who are popular, but you are too distracted to be successful because you're wasting your time. And that's one of the reasons why I've decided to hit the reset button on my own social platforms and say, where am I really spending any time with people? You know? And my thought process is the opposite of where we are today. So I spend time with people face to face. It's where I get great ideas. That's also where I get to be able to observe different ideas. And then I still text and then I still email. And the absolute last thing I do is go to the open web, you know, because that is a rabbit's warren. And so for me, it's also the thing that helps me pay rent. So I can't be too bullish on it. But the reality is, you know, is it authentic connection? The one thing that I would say is trust. You know, do I trust these platforms? The problem is uh, a lot of the way that we think that convenience is also a trusted environment. It's the double-edged sword. So I've never liked a brand in any of the social platforms. I might comment occasionally on a brand, but I've never liked one. And I've never geotagged. You know, there's no way. No way I would give that up. And when an app ask, when I download an app and they ask me, can I have access to your contacts? Can I have access to your location? Can I have access to your camera? That's a no, 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 and absolutely bloody no. No way. Unless there's an enormous amount of value. Like I want access to the flash on the back of my, my phone, for example, to act as a light to be able to read my blood cell level or something. That I could probably dig if it gave me value immediately. If it doesn't, not interested. Just because there are 2 million people on these social platforms, by the way, doesn't mean we're better connected. Uh, you mentioned brain cycling in your presentation. Tell us, tell us what that means. Yeah, I think it's a, a word I might have made up. And, but basically, it's, it comes from you sitting in a boardroom and that's where you're asked to come up with ideas. And as I said initially, the loudest voice in the room is the idea that gets built sometimes. So I would challenge that and say brain cycling for me is how do you take the constraints of where you are and turn it into a creative playpen? And how does it tick all the boxes in giving people happiness? Contribution, recognition, and I would say solitude to be chaotic. So you start off basically sitting around a boardroom. Don't sit. You come into the room. You write up the objective on the wall and say, let's spend two minutes in silence. Write down on the piece of paper in front of you how you think we could solve this problem. And then you move to the left. You look at this person's, what they've solved, what, what their problem is or how they're solving that problem in their paragraph, and you add to it. And so by the time you go all the way around, we've had 12 people, let's say, contribute to 12 ideas that started out with a kernel of an idea, and now we've got a story. And then we read out the story, and we articulate those down on, note, on note, notepads. So post-it notes are amazing 
at collecting ideas and putting them in order. And how do you do them in order is you create a quadrant. And the quadrant has four boxes and somewhere that says is it easy to implement and has high impact, it's a do category. If it is hard to implement and has no impact, it's in the kill category. And the other two is whether you challenge the ideas. And the challenge of the idea could be, yeah, this will have high impact, but it's going to cost a lot. Is it worth doing? And then that becomes the debate. So you've done everything, man. You've helped, you've helped people con contribute. You've recognized them because you've taken their idea and we've added to it and we've spoken out loudly. So that's more recognition. Uh, we've had solitude, so hopefully that allows us to be able to freedom think on those ideas. And although we sit in a crappy boardroom trying to come up with a brilliant idea, at least this is a great way to enable fast, effective brainstorming in a way that allows people to feel like they're, they're part of the team. Yeah. So you had us mind map the word happiness. I and did. we had to do 10 pieces out of the word happiness. Uh, what would your 10 pieces be? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Love, life, laughter. Um, it would be about trust. It would be music. It would be family, food, friends. I absolutely have to have sleep in there. And I think the 10th one, if there was one, would be what? Uh, sun. Actually, no, scratch that. Sea. Yeah. My daughter's name's Ocean, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd much rather be on the ocean on a rainy day than be in the desert on a hot sun. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow, that was certainly an engaging talk. Yeah, that was amazing. I'm really excited about trying out Radiant Thinking. It's hard to capture Shingi's personality and spirit in a podcast. I encourage you all to try out Radiant Thinking and maybe even doing this happiness exercise. I wonder what would be in the 10 things in your mind map. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you're curious about some other digital trends happening in the space, follow us at Patience and Purpose on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.